I'm John Kane, and I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Sunday, special Sunday, December 15th. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage, and in some cases, start conversations. We don't do prayers or buffalo speeches. We take a tough look at history, oppression, and survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity, and we do step on a few toes along the way. But our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We'll take on the false narratives and provide critical thinking to to all that is heaped upon us, and we do it all right here from the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. So let's talk native. But first, let me remind you that our audio streams at www.letstalknative.com. We stream live video of the show on our Facebook group page via Facebook Live. Our shows are available as podcasts after our broadcast on your favorite podcast platforms. And we take the video of our show and we post it up on our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV. So subscribe to our podcast by searching Let's Talk Native with John Kane Podcasts and subscribe to our YouTube YouTube channel uh, at youtube.com slash Let's Talk Native TV. You can follow us on Instagram at Let's on Instagram, I'm sorry, <laughs> at Let's Talk Native TV and Twitter at Let's Talk Native. Uh, I am the host of Let's Talk Native and I'm assisted here in studio by Jake Proud who is managing our video and our sound. Um, before I get into the, the main part of what I want to talk about today, and I'm hoping to, to grab uh, get uh, my, my buddy Sogoyeta uh, to join me later on in the program. Um, but I have to acknowledge, today is an anniversary of sorts. It is the, um, the anniversary of, um, of Sitting Bull's murder. Uh, he was murdered on the 15th of December in 1890. And... Um, uh, by a bunch of, you know, frankly, a bunch of turncoat tribal police uh, that, uh, uh, you know, that that came to to really they came to murder him. I mean, there was no reason for them to to assault him in the in the wee early morning hours of uh, December fifteenth. And you know, one of the things I want to share with you, and and I I have to caution because I've I've read this um, editorial many times on on the show, and this is. An editorial by L. Frank Baum, who would go on to write *The Wonderful Wizard of Oz*, be a much uh, praised and and, and lauded uh, American author. Um, but he was a the editor of the the *Saturday Pioneer*, which was a a newspaper in Dakota Territory um, during you know d- during this period of time, and he wrote this editorial. Now. Some of the stuff I'm gonna I'm gonna read is is really really wrong. It's it's you know obviously it does everything you know that's so cliche with with words like you know phrases like medicine man and you know and, and all this other crap. But uh, um, it gets to a real point. So so I'm gonna go ahead and read this read this editorial um, because if you haven't heard it before, and even if you have heard parts of it on my show, you probably haven't heard it in its entirety. This is the editorial written by Al Frank Baum. Um, it would actually be published on December twentieth, um, but it was written in response to the uh, to the death of uh, of Sitting Bull. And so here goes: Sitting Bull, most renowned Sioux of modern history, is dead. He was not a chief, but without kingly lineage, he arose from the lowly position to 
the greatest medicine man of his time by virtue of his shrewdness and daring. He was an Indian with a uh, with a white man's spirit of hatred and vengeance for those who had wronged him and his. In his days, he saw his son and his tribe gradually driven from their possessions, forced to give up their old hunting grounds, and espoused the hard-working, uncongenial avocations of the whites. And these, his conquerors, were marked in their dealings with his people by selfishness, falsehood, and treachery. What wonder that his wild nature, untamed by years of subjugation, of subjection, I'm sorry, would still revolt. What wonder that a fiery rage still burned within his breast that he should seek every opportunity to obtain vengeance against his natural enemies. The proud spirit of the original owners of this breast, of these vast prairies inherited through centuries of fierce and bloody wars for their possession lingered last in the bosom of Sitting Bull. With his fall, the nobility of the redskin is extinguished, and what few are left are a pack of whining cur who lick the hands that smite them. The whites, by law of conquest, by justice of civilization, are masters of the American continent, and the best safety for the frontier settlements will be secured by the total annihilation of the few remaining Indians. Why not annihilation? Their glory has fled, their spirits broken, their manhood effaced, Better that they die than live the miserable wretches they are. History would forget these latter despicable beings and speak in later ages of the glory and the, of these grand kings of the forest and the plain that Cooper loved to heroism. We cannot honestly regret their extermination, but we at least do justice to the manly characteristics possessed according to the lights and education by the early Redskins of America. So... So that is how that is how this guy who would go on to be this famous writer in in American history would characterize the the death of Sitting Bull. You know, praise him. It's almost it's almost like a backhanded compliment in in many ways. You know, he he he's one of the guys who gives a different meaning to the whole the only good Indian as a dead Indian because unlike the original um uh, person quoted for that, I think uh, Sheridan was was the guy who quoted originally. Um, what he was saying is that the good Indians, that there were good Indians, but they're all dead now. Not that the only way an Indian is good is he, is if he's dead. But he he, he considered <laughs> Sitting Bull nobility, <laughs> like a king. And of course, they mischaracterized everything. And 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 again, reducing our lands to merely hunting grounds and all of that stuff. And of course, suggesting that once, uh, once sitting bull was dead, they might as well massacre the rest. Hmm. As luck would have it, the massacre at Wounded Knee would take place, um, only a couple of weeks after this. So he literally called in, in, in praising sitting bull as the last nobility of the redskins, as he put it. He called for the extermination, and that's exactly what they got. They got a, a you know one of the bloodiest massacres in the history of uh, of the United States that would take place, and in fact, it would be considered the last, the bookend, the last of the massacres. I don't even know if that's entirely true, but it, it is the last one that history records as a, as a the last massacre of Native people at the hands of the U.S. military. So, anyway, I want to acknowledge that uh, today was the the day that uh that sitting bull was murdered and and again this you know this editorial suggests that somehow he 
he died fighting. I mean, he was die. He, he they went there to kill him, and, and he died fighting for his life, not seeking vengeance against white people. I mean, it's you know again the way the way history is written, and and while I think it's important to to reread this um, uh, this editorial, I don't want people to think that this is in any way, shape, or form the truth of Sitting Bull. His existence or his relationship to the to the Lakota, uh, it is it is a white man's view, but it's also a white man's view that included the calling for our extermination, all of our extermination, not just the Lakota. But uh, anyways, that's uh, that's why I bring this the the Frank bomb editorial up when I'm talking about the mascot issue, even because he he says it was better to kill us, like he was somehow giving like providing mercy to us by killing us they they would preserve for themselves the image that they would later claim for themselves in mascots and all kinds of other stuff so anyway hey uh look i was trying to get my my buddy james uh sogoyeta on on the line before we started the show um i'm not going to try to do it until we take a break at the bottom of the hour so uh, i know uh, uh james is listening we'll uh we'll bring him on at the, at the bottom of the hour uh, and the reason I, I want to bring him on is is because of bo- both the conversation that he has been having on Facebook and one that I've been having for a while, and and, and so is he, as a matter of fact. But uh, and part of it has to do with what I want to talk about with today's show, and that is the notion that we need to prepare for what's coming. Uh, th- this whole idea that somehow we're going to be the the leaders to prevent climate change. You know, and, and I know when I know when I know Duke and you know Jane Fonda and Greta Thunberg and even Sally Field, all these people are out there, all these celebrities are out there, uh, you know, turning you know climate change into into an industry almost. But you know what? Nobody did a goddamn thing to stop it twenty years ago and thirty years ago when everybody knew what was coming down the pike. There was no political will. There was no public will to change behavior. So. Now that we're we're staring at the stuff and, and we're seeing what's happening to you know to the ice of, of the Arctic and the Antarctic and and what's what's happening with uh, with extreme weather, we, this is here, folks. We're not going to stop it. We need to prepare for it. And you know what? While everybody else, as I said, everybody else is chasing their tails on this thing, and they're they're traveling all over the world to have these big climate change conferences pumping out more CO2 into the atmosphere as they do it. Look, people are going to do what they're going to do. But while they're doing that, I don't want to get dragged into that stuff. I've got grandchildren. I've got children and grandchildren. And someday I hope to have great-grandchildren. And the legacy that white men and and you know and all these rich folks and the, the, the cap, uh, capitalism and you know the free markets and all this other crap, all that stuff has taken its toll and nobody's done anything to change it and so you know thinking that you're going to drive electric cars and solve it now look by all means we should do what we should do to stop making the damage worse i you know, don't get me wrong i'm not saying let's not do anything but when i start seeing you know people saying well we need to have this indigenous-led green new deal look you know what the green new deal is it's a political talking point it's it's a it's a a platform issue for uh, for for some of the Democrats, not all of them, because you know a good half of the Democrats don't give a rat's ass about uh, about climate change. Really, they say they do, but they don't change anything. 
and and the ones who and some are trying to turn it into a platform. But you know what? It ends up just being political rhetoric. So, as a native person, I mean, look, I, when I see native people flying to 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 Madrid, you know, to call down the the climate change conference, you know, Tom goes with, look, I, I get it, but you know what? What did you go there for then? You could have made that same noise from here. Why? Because that's where the cameras are, right? I mean, all these people criticizing Greta Thunberg and 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 others who who get in front of the camera. Most of it is they're they're mostly critical because she's getting all this attention. I, her message is is fine as far as I'm concerned, but you know what? You know her her anger is I mean, for for me. I've gone past anger uh, as far as what what has happened to you know to our homelands and what's happening to to the you know to the the land of of the poor frankly because we are the ones who have our who have our environment exploited while they're building ever taller build you know um luxury apartments in uh in manhattan and brooklyn and you know gentrifying black people out of an area so they can live their their high quality of life in 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 these urban environments we're rapidly seeing you know more and more extreme weather that that we feel the brunt of so what I'm saying is, no, I'm not going to go march with Winona LaDuc and Sally Field and and uh, Jane Fonda. No, I'm not going to do it. I'd rather spend some time back here preparing for what's coming down the pike. But, you know, I'm not even just talking about climate change. Because the same thing gets into how much we should in, in, involve ourselves in the political process. Yeah, I know. We got, we got you know, a few people who want to run for Congress. We got a couple of Native women who got in. We got a couple of Native men on the GOP side, who have been congressmen for, for several years. And, and we're supposed to think that they're going to solve the problems? They're going to represent our concern to them? No, they, they change sides. They're part of the, the ruling class now. And you know what? Most of these people weren't embedded in our communities anyway. They had already disenfranchised themselves from their people long before they, they were able to run for Congress. But then we get sucked into voting for the uh, uh, in all of this stuff. Do I think Donald Trump is is one of the worst human beings to ever sit in the White House? Sure. I don't know that he's the worst president, but he's one of the worst human beings. And you know, and every possible character flaw you could you could expect in a rich white man, he has them all. So I mean, so I'm not singing Donald Trump's praises, but you know what? He's exactly what the Americans deserve. That's what they wanted. That's why they elected him. Yeah, I know we can get into the whole debate. Well, yeah, but Hillary Clinton got more votes. I don't care. That's your system. That's the system that you guys support. And don't expect me, and don't expect me to encourage other Native people to support that system. And I'm not even just talking about on the U.S. side. Same on the Canadian side. <clears throat> Getting involved in 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 that uh, in that terrible system up there. That's as bad as what exists in the United States. Same with you know Great Britain and and the mess that they're going through. Look, I'm paying attention to it. I observe it. Why? Because, again, we have to prepare ourselves for this stuff. This is what's coming down the pike. We we are affected by what they're doing, but we can't change what they're doing. White people control that politics. And the rich, mostly rich white people. So it doesn't matter if we vote, and, and sure doesn't, hell, it doesn't matter if we pray. Right? They use their church to justify all of this stuff, too. We, at some point, 
better prepare for climate change. We better prepare for the, the, this political unraveling, this social unrest, these re, these race wars. I mean, look, the people shooting each other in their schools and their synagogues and everything else. I mean, Walmart, where the hell they're going to shoot next? And that's just a few white men who really, most of them are too gutless to do anything anyway. But when a few of them lose their minds, that's what they do. They go shoot up a school or something. But we need to be prepared for it. And we shouldn't, we should be untangling ourselves. I talk about this all the time about what, what decolonization really means. It doesn't mean pray for them. It doesn't mean go vote, you know, vote in their system. It doesn't mean let's run for office in their system. We need to take care of some stuff at home. Because when I when I hear, you know, Winona LaDuke saying, well, the Green New Deal was an indigenous-led uh, effort, I don't know that's even true. But regardless of, you know, where anybody came up with these planks of their platform, it's theirs now, and they're going to play pol- politics with it. It's what they always do. You know, and, and some people try to get famous out of this stuff. And not just famous, they also try to get wealthy. They find ways to market this stuff. Not just with their, you know, their, their $20,000 speaking engagements and their free travel all over the world so they can be in front of every camera that, that sits in all these, you know, these elite spaces, whether it's Hawaii or New Zealand or Europe or wherever they're going to go next. And, 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 and all the while, they are um, increasing their brand, right? They're, 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 they're gaining value to, to, their, to their own to their own brand. That's what they do. All of them. And, and I know people say, yeah, but why not? She's, she's growing hemp back home. Well, yeah, maybe she is. Yeah, you know, maybe she is. And, but we need to do, we need to, look, when you got to pay somebody $10,000 just to, to come speak to your people, ah, that's somebody who's, who's cashing in as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but, but again, it's, it's not about any of those individuals. It's about what we do. In our communities. And I'll tell you, we've got to fight each other over having an ag program. Even in Seneca Nation, it's like a battle every week, you know, to, to keep an ag program, not just existing, but I mean, to, to make it of any value, we need to grow our agriculture. We need, we need to get more involved in food production. It's not enough to grow a few acres of corn. If we, if we want to be serious about preparing for climate change, we better understand what the climate is. We better understand the, what the climate, how it affects the food that we produce. There's a whole lot that we could do to insulate ourselves from what these madmen are doing to the rest of the world. And I don't mean, ins- I don't, I'm not talking about R24 insulation. I mean, I mean creating a buffer, creating some protection. You know, I've talked about the, uh, what they call transition towns or, or what I call sustainable villages. There is more that we could do as community members. I mean, look, you listen to some of these um, these climate scientists, and they say, look, the, the best thing you could do is stop consuming at the level they're consuming and and stop consuming the, the, the goods that have to travel from China. Not because I, because I begrudge the Chinese, but if you want to do something that, that's better for the environment, then buy local. And I don't mean just because it's it's good for the uh, the economy, which of course it is your local economy. Look, most of us spend the majority of our lives within a few miles of where we live. Honestly, I mean, look, look, some of us travel, 
But most of us don't travel very far. And and when we do travel outside that few little miles, it's because we have to go buy something that's not available close by. And 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 that may be food, it might be, you know, stuff that we just don't produce. We don't do enough to make sure that we 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 provide as as many of the essentials close to home. That's a part of what I'm talking about when I when I talk about being about preparing ourselves. And and as far as the politics go, look, things are getting ugly in the United States, folks. I, I don't know if you noticed or not, but uh, I mean the 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 rift, the animosity, the the vitriol that goes back and forth between the right and the left, between the white and the the white and the black, and, the, and or the white and everybody else of color. And at the means, and and at the same time, almost sixty percent of the U.S. budget is still going into growing its military. And and it's not defense. Let's let's not call it defense because it isn't about defense. It's it's military. It, I mean, it's it's aggression. It's offense. I mean, the the stuff that is being spent. I mean, when you talk about the billions and billions and billions of dollars. And then somebody wants me to get excited because because Donald Trump puts a million and a half dollars um, <laughs> to the justice or they spend it at, in U.S. prosecutors' offices because he's going to help us with uh, with missing and murdered Indigenous women. Give me a freaking break! That's a joke. That's an. It's not just an insult because the the number is so small. But if you get into the details, it's it's probably more about stripping away our power to address these issues ourselves. Which is all the things that we need to do. We need to take not just more control, but more responsibility for our communities. Look, I saw all these posts this week about drug houses and that kind of stuff. Well, let's do something about it. Don't don't tell me you're going to pray for uh, you know pray for the community. Give me a freaking break! You're going to pray you're going to pray away drug houses. How's that worked out with the alcohol problem for the last two hundred years? That was imposed by white people on our territories. And and you think you're going to call the cops? You don't think the, the local police are content with, with some of the drugs being uh, consumed and, and dealt with here? So it's not in their communities? They don't care what happens here. Our community is what they drive through. You know, and occasionally harass us a little bit. But that's what they're interested in. They're not that interested in... In, in trying to solve, you know, solve, uh, you know, whether it's missing and murdered indigenous women or whether it's, uh, you know, the, the drug issue. So stop thinking that they're going to do that. They aren't. These are, this should be our responsibility. Yeah, I posted a comment on Facebook th- uh, this week and I said, look, uh, uh, we could ask those white folks in Washington and Ottawa to solve our problems for us. But did we forget that they caused them? I mean, when are we going to start working community to community? And, 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 and I know that's one of the issues that, that Sogoyeta and I talked about. But we rarely ever get past the talking stages of these things. These are exactly the issues that we need to, uh, uh, we need to start addressing. And you know what? Here's the thing about, even about the missing and murdered indigenous women issues. At the foundation of that problem of, um, substance abuse problems, many of our, our of our own um, social degradation issues on our territory are tied to the lack of our own prospects for the future. 
I mean, some of our territories. I mean, look, we live here in in Western New York, and we're we're not like in the middle of no man's land. We're not, you know, we're not separated from the you know from from the rest of the world the way some native territories are. I, I mean, literally, some of them are separated. And so, when you grow up in these communities, not only are you growing up in abject poverty, but you're growing up in an atmosphere or an environment where you can't see. Well, what is what are the prospects for my future? What am I going to do with the rest of my life? And and there's no shame in herding cattle or farming and or, or any of that stuff. And and I don't want to suggest for a second that 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 that's a terrible thing to do. But in the world that we live in, and we're exposed to so much, we don't if we don't see opportunities in our own community to grow intellectually, you know, and not just financially, but but by by coming up with a definition of success. That can be inspiring to us. Look, the thing about human beings, and, and this is human nature, we are we are not just content to um to to live a miserable life. Even though <laughs> the Bible tells us, right? The Bible tells us, "Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth." That that's that's literally scripture telling you to yeah, just take it, just suck it up. Yeah, your life is miserable, but you know you're when you die, you're going to inherit the earth. I don't know what the hell you're going to do with it then, <laughs> but I mean that, that's literally biblical scripture telling you to um, don't don't try to change. Stay humble. Stay humble. Stay in servitude, because in the afterlife you're gonna you're gonna live better. You know what I say to that? Bullshit. We don't deserve to stay in uh, a living live under oppression, and we now have accepted a place where. We expect our kids to live in, in that environment. We need to change that. So when I talk about being about preparing for the future and preparing against climate change, I'm saying we need to prepare for all of it. We need to start taking responsibility for the lives that our kids are going to live, that our grandkids are going to live. Because if we don't do it, nobody else is going to care. Nobody else is going to care. All right, we're at the bottom of the hour, so I'm going to go to break. I'm going to try to get my buddy uh, Sogueta on the line, and um, we'll come back and we'll, we'll beat up the subject a little bit more. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native.
All right, thanks for coming back. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Hey, before we get back into it, let me uh, go ahead and thank my sponsors. Uh, Let's Talk Native is sponsored by Ross and Holly John and the RJE family of businesses, Eric White and ERW Enterprises, uh, some of the good folks at uh, uh, Grand River Enterprises and Native Wholesale Supply, uh, and a few others. Uh, you know, look, I even I reached out. I had to get, offer my thanks again to Harry Wallace and uh, uh, and a few others who who on occasion when I'm in when I'm in a jam, these guys are the ones who step up, and I, I appreciate uh, I appreciate the support that I get from Shaw Bay and um, uh, VJ and Steve from New York and and uh, Harry and, and others. So uh, uh, my my good buddy Ed Schindler as well. So um, these are the guys who help us do what we do here, and uh, without their support, uh, we couldn't do this show. And you know what we what we try to do here, and and I and I have to reiterate it: we're not trying to provide all of the answers. But both, but before you can even start coming up with solutions, you have to acknowledge the problem. And one of the problems that that I keep trying to acknowledge here is that we're getting sucked into to this just this vortex of BS by trying to think that we're going to solve the, the problem that white men have created with uh, with climate change. We're not going to solve it. So we have to figure out how, how to um, survive it, how to prepare ourselves for it. So that's what we need to do. Look, um, one other thing I wanted to mention, um, the, the Dakota 38 ride, the ride that goes to Mankato, Minnesota each year to commemorate the largest mass execution in the history of the United States, uh, there are guys that are, you know, out there in the cold today, um, making their uh, making their trip to Mankato, Minnesota. That that ride has begun. Uh, I've shown the film, the Dakota Thirty Eight, um, uh, in New York, and and we screened that film a few times. Uh, if you get a chance, you can look it up. You can find it online. Um, but uh, um, it's 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 kind of an incredible thing. Um, not just the ride, but the but the story and the truth behind. Um, Abraham Lincoln signing the um, the execution order for 38 Dakota to be hung in Mankato, Minnesota, and that that hanging would take place on December 26th, the day after Christmas in 1862, a week before Abraham Lincoln would sign the Emancipation Proclamation. So, um, uh, but there are there are a bunch of guys, and look, I saw a great picture. They were actually carrying the the Unity flag uh, behind them, so uh, uh, warrior flag, man, what you want to call it. Um, and it was it was great to see that uh, hoisted up as these guys were riding on horseback. All right, let me uh, see if I can get my uh, get my buddy James Gray uh, Sogayeta. James, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, okay, good. All right, we're connected. Uh, I tried to call you before the show started, but I don't know. You you, you always you, you always tweak the time just a little bit. You you wait until I get started before you decide to. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I said to myself, well, I'm going to listen to his show a bit anyways. He'll probably get a hold of me somehow. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'm actually wearing um, one of your Warrior Wear uh, shirts um, for the show. I don't, I don't know if you saw the video, but uh, I've, I've got uh, – oh, let me show you my shoulder here. I'm for the camera there's the warrior wear and uh we'll we'll pull up your uh your banner that I uh help uh, put together for you um so that people can see how to get a hold of you maybe we'll maybe we'll, uh Jake go ahead and uh, narrow that film right there on on the banner you can take me off screen and get it right on the on that just for a second if you would there make sure you got uh, James's email address on. all right all right all right so pe- well, as we're talking people can see uh see what uh, I w- you know I want to give you the promo I want to give you <laughs> give, you, you know, give you the boost here while we're on the show yeah. 
Yeah, it was nice. I seen that on there. I said, man, I said, he puts it on and he says, and I forget to call and give me a call back and get on myself. All right. Well, we got you now. Well, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you join me was because you and I are having similar conversations, uh, with similar audiences, frankly. Um, you know, I, I know part of your response and, and it's not that you and I are necessarily trying to dog Winona LaDuke, but, oh. but, but it's, it's really this whole notion that, um, that somehow we have to plug ourselves into their political system because this green new deal and and look they want to attribute it to a, a native led movement look what where were all these people when we were trying to stop the pipelines in standing rock yeah i know a few celebrities came up and you know and and you know posed for the cameras and that kind of stuff but you know when i when i see all this 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 idea of this ter- being turned into a democratic party political platform look let them run with it but as far as i'm concerned we need to concentrate on the stuff that we need to do and so i, I wanted to get some of your thoughts on uh, on that as well yeah well that's that's the main reason i wrote what i wrote and i presented it to a lot of uh different sites and uh i might have presented it to many sites anyways i'm i'm in your jail cell on facebook right now well i left your message on the side of the on the, on the cell bars <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. You were, you were pretty much laughing at me. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> well, you have yeah, to remember, so- James, I went to a real jail cell before. So <laughs> so this Facebook jail stuff, that's that's fine with me. That's a, that's like a break. <laughs> yeah, and they, you know, they've been trying to get me for a long time in, in one of those cells, too, you know, yeah, for the yeah. activism we've done all our lives, you know. I think I, think I hid you out once. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you and i got some history here <laughs> we, we kind of look at that and it's kind of funny here I, I passed through your territory and i had to hide out for a little bit uh, yeah yeah i had to i just i had to sneak you around just so you didn't have to <laughs> share that jail cell <laughs> all right that's, yeah. that's another that's another story altogether but no yeah, I, mean, that, I appreciate we, the post that you put up because you know again sometimes i get to tell you and and i know you feel the same way it feels like we are like um, lone voices out there, and I see our people getting sucked into into these into this stuff. I mean, between between people trying to get us to vote or, or to pray or to you know endorse you know uh, you know some candidate or or a movement. Look, anything anybody wants to do that's pro environment, I support them. But I'm not going to put my my effort my you know look I'm you and I aren't getting any younger. We only have right. so much effort to put into something at, at this stage of the game. So as far as I'm concerned, we need to put our effort where it's going to where it's going to produce the most. And and I think preparing ourselves for climate change. I think preparing ourselves for the social unrest that is happening. You know, in not in the U.S. and Canada and globally. I mean, look at I mean, look what's happening in South America. The the assault on indigenous people, you know. So all these people want to talk about oh, indigenous led efforts. Well, where the hell are all the people stepping up for Evo Morales? Where right. are all the people right. stepping up for uh, you know um, for the chavistas in, in in Venezuela or the indigenous people in, in Brazil? I mean, the people who are are, are fighting in in, in uh, Chile and uh, in Ecuador. No, our people. You know, we have gotten is is involved in in all of their machinations as as much as anybody, and it, it's hard. I mean, it, it's hard to pull people back. Yeah, yeah, and you know the people they're killing down there. You know, 
because of the Morales, you know, and the, and the majority support he has with the native people in those countries, and you know the influence that the U.S. and Canada and uh, Europe has on on everybody down there, you know, just to keep the economy going for themselves to see what they can take. You know, yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing with Evo Morales had had as much to do with lithium mining as it did with anything else. I mean, yeah, that, and and so you look at all of this stuff. You know, they they'd like to say, "Well, this is because we're against socialism." You know, that's all crap too, because the right. so-called democracies that they they claim to be supporting are anything but. Frank, frankly, right. the U.S. doesn't have one. Canada doesn't have one. And I'm not even saying democracy is a great system. If it was so great, you'd think one would exist in uh, in these uh, one of these big countries, and it doesn't. Look at the mess in in England. It's it's all just crap. And so when they say that they're waging war against socialism, you know, or communism, or the Red Scare, or whatever else, look. The only thing that they're waging war against is indigenous people in every one of these circumstances. Yep. Yeah, and you know, living here, I live so close to their so-called border, they say, in which uh, our people believe is over our heads, <laughs> doesn't belong in our nation or country, you know? And uh, I keep going through that. A couple of times I went to court and I had to speak, and uh, they asked me where I live. I told them I live in... Uh, Kanyaga territory, or what they call Mohawk territory, and yeah, they say, oh yeah, which side, the U.S. side or uh, the Canadian side? And I said, it's our side. Territory. <laughs> yeah, it's our side, you know. And, and they get confused. I even had a judge speaking to me and saying, oh, I know, I know you zoned all this land here, you know. And he was leaning over to me talking, and then finally he interrupted the lawyer telling them to stop asking me those questions now that I've answered them. And, in fact, that was the lawyer I was supporting his client on it. You know, well, and, and the, was, the question comes down is, what's the relevance of, of the question? I right. mean, what difference does it make if they drew an arbitrary line in the sand someplace? What difference, if, if you live in uh, uh, you know, on our community, just because they claim there's a line there, does it matter which side? I mean, so so all of it is just irrelevant. And, and that's the game that they try to suck us into. They try to get us... I mean, look, and I even saw some of the debate that you were having on Facebook. And, you know, people want to get into, you know, well, you, then what about your name, James? Well, look, I don't, like I, like I said, whether I call you by, by your, your, name, uh, Sogayeta, or, and you call me Garjillo, uh -huh. or whether I call you James and you call me John, it doesn't change who we are. Right. But right. if you're going to call me a Canadian or, a, or an American, now we got an issue because those labels that we carry, the names that we call ourselves or each other, I mean, whether it's a nickname or whether it's a given name, whether it's a, a longhouse uh, name or wherever it comes from, we have all, half the time we abridge uh, our, our native names. <laughs> uh, uh, how many people do you know will, will shorten, will, will shorten their native name just as a matter of just, we just call each other that, right? Right, right. We take right. a couple of syllables off and it's not because we're disrespecting the name. I mean, but so when I when I hear people start to play that game, it's like, look, we're playing the wrong game here. We should be yeah. more more concerned about whether we are being regarded and counted, not as you know. And, and look, I know the whole birth certificate argument people want to get into too, but 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 really, are you a Canadian or are you a U.S. citizen? And if you're not, yeah. how many people are willing to actually say that? And right, and right. and whether and whether we ha and then when somebody says, well, do you have documentation that used to? I don't need to have a, a white man's piece of paper saying that. I say it all the time here. That yeah. my word is what my word is, not whether I put it on somebody's uh, you know, on some you know, paper that they 
again, they contaminated the earth producing from trees. I mean, it's 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 absurd what 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 some people will turn will turn into the argument. Yeah, what I got into was uh, the Winona uh, thing she put on um, with um, Amy Goodman and Democracy Amy Now. Amy right? Goodman, yeah. yeah. Where she started talking, and, and they talk about the Green New Deal, and I know there's this guy named Iron Eyes, and uh, Chase, yeah, forgetting. yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting his name, and he's he's running for Congress, and and whatever. Well, she and ran he, for as the vice president in the Green Party once. I mean, so these guys have already jumped into that system, right, right. So I just, you know, and, and I have great respect for Winona. She she does a lot of things, you know, but is she doing it? For the people, or is she doing it for herself? It's some of the things you got to ask. And why? Why are they running in these elections? I have the same conversation you have with everybody. Why are you running in an election to become voted in by the United States or Canada to do their bidding? You know, and uh, I wonder. Well, and even, the, and even the ones who claim, like I said, even when I hear Deborah Hallen or Sharice David or, or or this coal from Oklahoma or whatever else. Claiming, oh, we're gonna we're gonna push for federal legislation to address you know this problem with na- for Native people. We don't need the we don't need that that top down approach to the issues that are local to us. We need right. them to, to get out of our business, not plug them farther into our business. So when I hear these people try to create a national debate over the death of women in our communities. Or, or or a pipeline that goes through our territory? No, we should have say, and yeah. and, and it, we should have local say. And and it's the same thing I always say. What we need to do is support each other in in each one of our struggles. So if if there's a pipeline at Standing Rock, we go there. And we support the, pe- the the Lakota that are fighting it there. It, it, right. We don't go there and and figure out which side to stand on. If we're right. going to go there, we we side with with our with our brothers and sisters that are there. Yeah, but, and you know you, this you know, is when it gets confusing. You know, it's very hard when you go to somewhere. I went to Standing Rock. You know, my boys were were in Standing Rock, and uh, I went out there for probably a week time. I was there, and mm-hmm. you know, it's it was very hard because the way uh, they stand up, they all pray for peace. You know, yeah. And and what is peace going to do for you? You know, you you had the majority of people there to start arresting. The the policemen that were out there, you know, put they, had, they had as many there. as ten thousand people there at one at one point. You can't right. tell me if you put ten thousand people on the front line against whatever you know the Morton County sheriffs or their their paid mercenaries, we could have overwhelmed them. I mean, I, I say the same thing, you know. Even even I gotta tell you, even go back to, going back to Gunyange. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I think about what took place up in uh or not Gunyange, I mean Oka, uh, Gunazadage. To me. If we wanted to get those guys out of the treatment center, we should have showed up with about 100,000 people and walked in there and walked them out of there. That right. overwhelmed them. They weren't going to throw, I mean, how much military presence do we really think Canada was going to put there? But but again, we we are afraid to take that next step. I'm not saying we had to, you know, kill anybody. I'm not saying we had to fire a shot. We could have overwhelmed them with people. But yeah. but to get our people, I mean, everybody had no problem showing up to sit, to sit there and eat food at uh, at Standing Rock. But right. but how many of them really wanted to get involved in in going to the front lines? Yeah, and yeah. you know, and that's and that that's the point. At some point, and I'm not saying we all have to show up at every at, at every every place. Most of these things that we, most of the issues that we all face, we can take a position right within our own home territories 
to, to support them. Yeah, and and the thing is, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, that feel the same way we feel and, and speak about it, but yet they're confused because of all these laws that are put on them, you know. And I keep trying to, when I talk to someone, I keep trying to explain, be who you are. You're not a Canadian, you're not an American. In our language, we're Ungwahungwe. And in their languages, they have a word that means the same thing as us, and that's who they are, and that's who they should be, you know? Yeah, but, but then our they... people get intimidated. I mean, I, do you remember, how many times have you heard somebody give some line of BS about the Patriot Act? Well, you got to be careful. If you go down on the thruway, you're going to find yourself in a jail cell in Guantanamo Bay. I've always yeah. wanted to go to Cuba. I'm not saying yeah. that's the way I wanted to go there, but, uh, but you know, it's it, it, we all of a sudden everybody gets cold feet when, when they think, right. you know, that... That's something, or you're going to get charged. You know, look, the the most foolish things to to do. I mean, look, Red Fawn is is the is the one who's in in uh, serving the most time because he got suckered in by a by a by a federal informant to carry his gun, and and that's what she's in jail for. She got set up, right? But right. but again, we're not thinking this stuff through. The yep. more that we could do with massive amounts of people. Either in in our individual territories or when when there really is a front line to go to, then by all means go. But you yeah. know when our people show up at these things only to uh, only, I mean, when I think about people who who went there to have babies, for instance, mm-hmm. I mean, what the hell would uh, would a community you know with this temporary community built up out of Standing Rock? How why would you want to put that burden on them? So just so you can claim your child was born at Standing Rock? That's pathetic. Right. I mean, that's just. Yeah. I mean that just that that makes me crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've had some discussions with uh, some political people in in Canada who are close to Trudeau. You know, actually, he's probably right now he's probably his right hand man. And I've spoken to him about these things, and I've spoken to him about the land. You know, like in BC, where the the people in Blue River. Uh, kind of whose freedom are blocking the pipeline there you know I spoke to him I said you know that land that's there that belongs to me as, as much as it belongs to them the only problem is I'm here protecting my land for my generations who are coming but that's my land too out there and you can't claim it you can't put anything on there Trudeau can't make all these promises he makes to and I have to say it he makes it to our women and our women fall Paul graciously over him and they put him back in office again you know but yeah. it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it's Trudeau or anybody else that's going to go in office we we fight the same situation when everybody goes in office yeah. whether it's uh, Trump or whether it was Clinton or Harper them, or Trudeau yeah it didn't right. matter yeah right all of them have that dirty dirty closets with them you know yeah. what they carry against our people and our people don't understand that, you know. I mean, look at look at the quotes from Trudeau's dad for crying out loud. I mean, he basically, you know, tried to minimize our our existence, you know, because again, talking about you know the the act of genocide, and then after the fact, saying, "Well, because our genocide was successful against you, you can no longer claim uh, claim to be who you are." I mean, that's literally. I mean, if you break down what what Pierre Trudeau was saying. You know, well, if you don't speak your language, you guys try to kill our language for crying out loud. If right, you don't, right. if you don't live this way or live that way, then you can't claim to be native anymore. Like, who yeah. the freak are you to say that? Right. You know, I had the same discussion when I was in Ottawa about two weeks ago, and a guy came and he was talking to me while I was selling my 
my shirts. Mm -hmm. And he came over and talked to me, and he talked to me about the, gen uh, the cultural genocide. And I said, what do you mean, cultural genocide? You're <laughs> saying this, this, this Sinclair put in a thing about cultural genocide. It was totally genocide. It wasn't no cultural genocide in the first place. I said, ever since your people stepped on and tried to form their governments here out of England, you know, colonies, which the United States and Canada still are, under England, I said, it was genocide since that point. I said, they tried to kill our people from that point. They tried to give us... Uh, no, they did small. kill our people. I mean, they, right. they tried to kill all our people, but they didn't get they, that far. Yeah. They gave us they yeah. gave us smallpox, blankets, you know, whatever they did. And then they took our children to school. They took them uh, and cut their hairs and tried to make them the white people. And, you know, They also so subjected them to conditions that uh, where mortality rate was over 50% in many of these schools because of tuberculosis right. and various other diseases. Yeah. So no, you, there were all you, kinds of things that they did. You look at murder and missing women, that started from the beginning also, you know, and the kids that were taken to all these residential schools who, who died there or who died running away from there. Yep. You know, all, all the same thing happened, and it was sponsored by the government. You know, sponsored by the government. Well, of the and I'll United tell you, States. at least when when these 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 women got involved in in the commission on missing and murdered indigenous women, they didn't soft pedal. They called it they called it what it was. They called it genocide, and right. they didn't stick cultural in front of it, or they didn't. You know, I hear people say paper genocide and they, and cultural genocide, or you know, or and and they they put these words in front of it like to minimize the the effects of of what genocide really is. And, yep. you know, and, and, every, and they all want to hedge. So, and, and I see this internationally too. When, when you'll get some of these, these bureaucrats at the UN or whatever else say, well, we don't really know if that really means and fits the definition of genocide. The definitions are pretty clear. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to determine whether you create the conditions to make a people cease to exist or not. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. You know, that's the, the main theme of genocide is are you creating the conditions? That a people will cease to exist as a distinct right. people. It doesn't right. necessarily mean they kill us all, but you 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 kill enough of us. I mean, the other thing that uh, it was also uh, trending through Facebook this week was the the sterilization programs and how many of our women were duped. I mean, and this is coming out of 1970, so people think this is ancient history. No, it's not. I mean, right. you and I grew up in the 70s. I mean, right. so when right. I when I started thinking about you know a policy. Where you you convince women that they have to do this, you know, for a variety of reasons. Um, whether first you convince them it's, it's it's in their best interest for health, and and of course then you dangle certain benefits in front of them. There was there's a by some estimates twenty five percent of child um age or child rearing age women were were sterilized. You know, for for a decade and a half after the seventies through through the um um. Indian Health Services. And, mm -hmm. and that's not even counting what had taken place at the residential schools running up to that. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. You know, there's so much problems, you know, that happens not only way back then, but today, you know, the not only the sterilization, but the taking of uh, Native children when they're born in the hospitals. You know, I have friends in Winnipeg who went through the same thing where they were taking... Uh, a native baby away from a young girl because she they said she had a drug problem yeah I mean, yeah it still goes on today and in fact yeah. one of the ways they get around the indian child welfare act um which was also this weak attempt at the federal government to solve a problem they created was um 
getting uh, Native kids from from the Canadian side of this imaginary line um, and putting them into the hands of of Americans on the on the on the American side of the that imaginary line. It's it's you know they find find all these ways around this stuff and 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 the reason to, for bringing all this stuff up. This isn't again. This isn't about crying victim. This is about saying we better consider this stuff as we're trying to partner with these people and, and being a part of that system. So whether you want to run for their offices, you want to be a part of that Congress that, that has authorized this crap? You want to be right. a part of that system? Or do, or do we need to separate from it? And and that's that's what it all comes down to as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and the, and the part of it is that they, they, they make all these things like Trump did. He put in... Uh, a million dollars or whatever into this this uh, missing and murdered indigenous women and, yeah. and it's all bs it, right. literally it, it's a million and a half dollars that he was going to have to spread out over 11 uh u.s attorney's offices that ends up being only a little over a hundred thousand dollars per office that's not going right. to solve any problems that's that's just more money for them to waste at the u.s attorney's office yeah, and that's the that's the money they give for, to go out to lunch to eat to discuss some things different than what they're really discussing. Yeah, put a better better, better salad bar in their, uh, in yeah. their offices or something. Yeah, and Trudeau does the same thing in Canada. You know, they and our they people say, get oh, suck get sucked into it, and it's oh look, right. Trump did something great, isn't that great? Well, or I uh, listen to something. Well, at least he did something. No, yeah. <laughs> my my buddy Ed always says if you have to begin a sentence with at least. You might just well yeah. not even say the rest of the conversation. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's crazy. It's ridiculous what they do. You know, it's like you and I when we talk about these things and we talk about the murdered missing women and uh, started to put something together with some people out west in mm-hmm. uh, Winnipeg and um, Saskatchewan. You know, individuals who are trying to do something. You know, and and it's very hard for them to get together to do these things. It's very hard for me to be out there to talk with them. You know, it's very hard for them to be here. You know, so we said, well, we're going to do it. We're, we're going to put it on territories where our own people are going to start watching over over these things and start working at it. You know, and uh, we know that it's the police do help. There are people who do help, but there are police who are just in there just to do the same thing well, and there's no question I mean look much of uh, I mean 70 percent of the domestic violence that native women experience is at the hands of white people so yep. you we we have to um work on the relationship with the with the law with non-native law enforcement but as in terms of how we protect our people we need to take more control of that but the, but again one of the problems is and and every time we have an event an issue like this that we try to address, what we find ourselves in is, is trying to create a um, a system for doing it, and we end up following one of their one of their processes. Well, we look for grant funding, and then we then we we got to figure out okay, well, we have to abide by these conditions, and we have to file taxes, and we have to do so. We end up we end up creating the same bureaucracy that causes a lot of these problems, even as we're trying to solve the problem. We don't yeah. take enough of the initiative completely out of that system and say let's provide a native solution a, a seneca solution a onondawaga solution a gunyagahaga solution a lakota solution a dene solution we 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 look for something and and we ultimately end up looking to the united states or canada to be this overarching thing that binds us together and it doesn't only right. that we have the same problems yeah so, and you yeah. look at it you look at it even in the school system uh 
there there was a school in um, the Dakotas, and uh, a, a white white people set up the school system, and they used the the Indian kids to raise money for the school, and they were making fifty million dollars a year for their own little school system. And sure, they took care of Indian kids that were going there, but the process doesn't start there, you know. And, yeah. No, no. We, we again, we 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 fall into the wrong system when we're trying to come up with solutions, and and that's part yeah. of the problem. Yeah. And maybe, but maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we should take a white kid and say, "This white kid is suffering so much that we got to raise money for him and do." We got to indoctrinate them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Jake, go ahead and put up James's uh, banner one more time. Uh, we're about we're about out of time, but uh, uh, again, uh, James, give you. Uh, I'm giving you your pitch here, so uh, go ahead and uh, <laughs> talk about your uh, about your warrior wear uh, line. Yeah, well, the warrior wear. I've done that for a long time, and recently I just started doing putting it back in place and uh, trying to do some things. And I'm making a little bit of progress here and there. You know, not as big as a lot of people. I see a lot of people who are are uh, portraying they have native uh, native wear and everything, and they got lot tons of money behind them well just like everything else we started with not not enough money behind us to yeah. do stuff you know but uh it's it's starting to come out you know it's 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 lasting i have different art art that i do i have the shirt that uh you had done for murdered missing women mm-hmm. yeah you know and uh we're just trying to grow with that you know we're doing it slowly and hopefully we're going to continue and uh at one point, I'll be able to do a lot of different things, I hope, with it and contribute back, you know. And yeah, yeah. A lot of the shirts that I'm selling, I'm, I want to contribute back to the murdered and missing women. And and it's not just for, for us. There's a lot of other people, you know. I have contacts throughout uh, so-called Canada and so-called United States that are fighting the murdered and missing women thing. You know, and so... Well, and this is a global phenomenon. So when you look at right. the most vulnerable people... Throughout the world, whether you're talking about South America, Africa, Asia, um, you know the the women who are on the the, the lowest end of the of the economic scale are the ones who get victimized by through all of this, though. But uh, right. well, James, I want to I want to thank you, Zogayeta. I want to thank you for for joining me on on the program. We'll get you back on next time. We'll we'll try it at the beginning of the show instead of halfway through. <laughs> and uh, but I thank you for joining me, and we'll we'll talk soon. Uh, maybe I'll be on the Facebook jail by that time. Yeah, maybe by then. But uh, well, I'll, I'm keeping you there anyway. So you might be in Facebook jail, but you, you, we get, we snuck you through the through the bars for tonight anyway. All right. No. All, right. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Dave tonight, and uh, my thanks to Sogoyeta for joining me tonight. And um, we'll be back here on uh, on Tuesday, and then I'm off to New York for uh, for Thursday. So uh, I'll look forward to getting back to New York after a week off. Um, thanks for watching. We'll see you soon. Yahweh.